0: Traveling the world, searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Welcome equestrians to the International Equine Report. This is Scott Miller coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida at Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village. We're having a great time uh, this weekend here at Sunshine Meadows. Uh, all of our northern people are here all the show horse people all the standard bred people are here all the trail riding people are here um it's really good you know it's seeing everybody back they had a great summer and everything and you know and they got a positive attitude and, you know that's really goes a long way with the way you, you work and your work day when you got people that are you know happy and and you know, doing what they do best, you know, and that's the love of the horses, riding and showing, and you know, racing that type of thing. And you know, that's what it's really all good, you know. Um, we've been talking here uh, the last few weeks about some things that uh, we're doing, uh, especially with the uh, uh, the Triple Crown races and the show. The Olympics are coming up in July, uh, which is exciting. Uh, all the uh, a lot of a lot of the olympians are here in wellington getting ready for the olympics in july uh, and, and that's good uh we got all the uh, uh not all of them but we got a lot of the derby horses down here in south florida getting ready for the kentucky derby and and all and so um one of the things that um uh you know has changed is the individual tracks are now starting to um you know, re- remodel and, and, and re- rebrand their product that they have. And that's what racing and, and shows have, have needed for a long time. And, and I tell you what, I, I I be honest with you. I think the show horse people kind of set that trend. Uh, Mark Bellissimo uh, took over Wellington, uh, the world equestrian festival at Wellington, uh, quite a few years back. And he developed it into uh, one of the best, if not the best, uh, Facilities in the country to, uh, at that time, uh, to get people, uh, here to Florida for the winter so that they could go on their, uh, summer, uh, uh their summer shows and, and go to Europe over in the summer. And, you know, it was just, uh, unbelievable. He filled the place up and it was great for the economy. And then all of a sudden, uh, he went up to, uh, Tryon, North Carolina. Uh, he went up to Tryon. And he built Tryon bigger and better, you know, than Wellington. Yeah, they're both great facilities. It was just amazing what, you know, what they did. And so the World Equestrian Center in Ocala kind of kept an eye on them. And now I would say that the World Equestrian Center in Ocala is the top spot in the world for horse shows. It's amazing that they have you could go up there and take the family for a visit on your vacation. They've got all kinds of uh uh hotels they've got camping they got all kinds of activities going on up there uh they got some of the best restaurants in the world the best hotels you know in the world um their candy they got a candy shop up there where they make all kinds of brownies and cookies and and uh you know all kinds of chocolates and it's unbelievable. That, that's a that's a visit in itself for the whole day. And and then, you know, they've got everything that you could possibly want in, a, in an equestrian facility, and it's getting bigger and better every, every year. And so, you know, having said that about the show horse industry, the, the racehorse industry kind of took notice. And they said, well, what can we do? Well, I'll tell you what they can do. Churchill started the deal. Uh, back a few years back, they started remodeling, renovating, redoing. They did everything in the world that could be, possibly be done, you know, which was good. And, and to be honest with you, it actually started with Gulfstream Park in Miami a few years back. Uh, they, they re- rebuilt Gulfstream and ma- made it really nice. And, and they've got the casino there and they've got the mall where you can go shopping there and they got plenty of restaurants. So, you know, you, you can go there with the family and you can, you can go down and have a cigar and drink a beer and, you know, watch the races. And, and, you know, then the the wife, she can go off shopping and the kids got plenty of stuff to do there too, you know, for them. So, you know, they kind of kicked it along a little bit and then Churchill started doing the same thing. They came in and they started redoing Churchill. And of course they got the museum there at uh, Churchill, which, which is just a phenomenal uh, uh, facility to go to. I mean, you, you go to it and, you get up in close in person when you know with the horses in the morning for breakfast at the downs um, then the museum itself it's got any and everything you want to know about the derby and horse racing in it uh, they got they got a uh, a video that plays and it's a circular video a- inside the museum and so when they spring the horses out of the gate uh, when they're showing the derby there, you can hear them running by you. And, you know, and it's like you're in the middle of the track watching the horses. Uh, they got a great gift shop there. Uh, if You know, if you want to get some uh, birthday presents or uh, some holiday gifts, uh, you know, that's a great place to be there. It's very economical, and, you know, they got any and everything you could possibly want to know about the horses, you know, that, that have run at Churchill. And the track is good. they got a new, new turf track, uh, the dirt track, and uh, they've got has been re- re- remodeled redone uh the stands they got great stands to watch the races from and they got different sections you can go to you can if you want to take 20 people in uh they they got a section that they could put that uh put you in uh you know if you want a, a high end owners row millionaires row they've got that you know so it's just amazing uh, what they're doing there at Churchill and so um now we we started looking at Belmont Park. Belmont Park said, "Hey, we got to get in on this deal. You know, we got to do something here in New York to get our get our uh, um, you know program going a little better." So they decided to um, redo Belmont Park, and they're going to have a sports venue. They've already got the ice hockey uh, arena right next to uh, Belmont Park there. Uh, they're redoing the infield at Belmont Park so it makes it more fan-friendly uh, where you can go and go to the races and watch and, and everything and have all the amenities in the world that you need or that you want when you go, go to the races. So that's a two-year project. And so everybody was thinking, you know, what the heck are they going to do with uh, the Belmont Stakes? It's usually the second Saturday in June or the first Saturday in June, and um, so they, they said, well, they're gonna they're gonna move the Belmont stakes up to Saratoga. Saratoga is an excellent facility; everybody loves it. In fact, uh, most of the uh, you know the big time trainers uh, go to Saratoga as soon as it opens, and it usually opens you know at the end of March or first of April, and they're they're usually up there training and they're there until you know September or October. And so now they have moved the Belmont stakes up to um, up to Saratoga, and if you go to our website uh, ientv dot and, and scroll down to the Triple Crown, uh, you can see the the uh, new Belmont stakes logo. And you know I've been saying for a long time change is good, but if it's little at a time, uh, with all the tradition that they've had in the Belmont and um, you know the Triple Crown. When you go messing with tradition, people get a little upset. You know, in fact, we were talking about tradition the other day and what it was ironic because it was, uh, uh, the Indiana game and my sister lives in Bloomington, Indiana. And she was telling us that, um, that some people wanted to change the uniforms of Indiana. Well, the uniforms in Indiana have been the same forever. It's tradition. And, you know, it it caused such an uproar that, you know, that they're leaving the uniforms the same. And same thing with horse racing. Um, That would be like going to Churchill and saying, okay, well, we're not going to have the mint julep as our signature drink anymore. We're going to have, you know, something else. Uh, Those are the things that are traditional. So when they remodel these tracks, they got to take that all into consideration. They don't want to alienate anybody. Um, You know, especially the horsemen, Uh, but the public, they want to give them, the, you know, a, a good venue to go to, something that, you know, fan-friendly, family-friendly, and, and that's what they're doing. So Belmont has got a real good, you know, project going there, and it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to take two years for them to get it done. So, um, you know, we're we're all looking at it, uh, uh you know, saying, well, what are they going to do with the roof line? You know, uh, at the Icona Cruise Line at, uh, you know, at Belmont Park. Uh, there's just so many things that, you know, you gotta think about, you know, when you go to do that. But they've got a good plan and so far they're moving ahead, uh, on a, on a timely schedule. Uh, it's gonna be two years before it's completely, you know, and completed. And so the horsemen, you know, have made arrangements to go to Saratoga. They're still training there at Belmont, but you know, it's kind of a little bit of a hassle, but uh, you know, they'll be getting out to Saratoga here in another month or two. Uh, you know, so that'll happen. So now we've got Churchill, we've got, um, Belmont Park that are making all these changes for the better, for the fans, for the horsemen, you know, for everybody, for the communities. They're, they're doing that. And then lo and behold, Uh, We found out here last couple of weeks that um, Pimlico Racecourse, uh, the astronic corporation that has run Pimlico and Laurel and Gulfstream and Santa Anita and and a few other tracks, you know, in in, in their possession, uh, they decided that they are going to let um, the state of Maryland, uh, the racing commission, take back over Pimlico and Laurel. And that came as a shock. Uh, because we didn't know, you know, what was gonna happen with the Preakness. They talked about moving the Preakness dates, you know, uh, to different days, uh, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, all the horsemen were kind of concerned, you know, what was gonna happen there. And lo and behold, the state of Maryland came back and said, we're gonna renovate Pimlico. We're gonna make it new, we're gonna make it competitive, we're gonna give the people what they want and make it a show place. All the horsemen were just in, in awe. They couldn't believe what they were going to do with Pemlico and they really did need it. So then they came up and they said, well, you know, here we go. We've got um, Pemico that's going to be remodeled. Well, what are they going to do with the Preakness? Well, they decided that Laurel Racetrack is in pretty good shape and it won't take much to, you know, upgrade it just a little bit, but they're going to move over to Laurel Racetrack. And they're going to run the Preakness for the next two years, and um, and, and at Laurel, you know. And, and I said, "Oh, there you go. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how that comes out." So now everybody's on board. All the racetracks around the country are starting to, you know, get get in touch with the, with the times, and you know, get them fixed and get them ready so they can – they can draw that uh, crowd in so that they can expand the horse business and and make it a better you know a better product for you know the public to see and, and that's what I like about the, the tracks now they're going to go ahead and and do that and so literally you know you could go on a vacation uh, three or four day weekend and go to Churchill Pemico, uh, you know Belmont Saratoga. And have a nice little mini vacation there, and you, and it's just not about horse racing; it's about horses and the community and everything they have there. Now Saratoga is the greatest place in the world to go to um, in the summertime, like for a vacation, because you have you have the thoroughbred racing, you know, at Saratoga Racetrack. You got the standardbred racing at Saratoga uh, Race Track. They're they're all just a mile from each other, so you have that. Then you have um, what they call SPAC. It's the Saratoga uh, Performing Arts Center, and all summer long they have all kinds of uh, uh, concerts and you know all kinds of things there. One of the most uh, uh, exciting things that I ever participated in was they had the um, Philadelphia Philharmonic played the um, 1812 Overture there at SPAC. And it's real nice. It's nice and hilly. You can go out and take a blanket and lay on the grass and, you know, watch everything. And so um, my girlfriend told me, she said, you're going to like this. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, you know, I didn't know. I've never been to, you know, uh, a concert like that. Uh, You know, like the Philadelphia Philharmonic. I've been to Skinner and, you know, Marshall Tucker and and, uh, that before, but nothing like this. So, we're laying out there, and we've got the blanket, we got the cheese, and we've got the wine going, and, you know, just really enjoying the day. You know, there at Saratoga, beautiful August day there. So they start, the concert starts. And they get to the part in the concert where there's a battle scene. And all of a sudden, I hear these explosions on the right side and on the left side of me. I mean, they're huge explosions. They actually had cannons, military cannons, on each side of Spac to give you the feeling of the battle scene, and I mean it was just unbelievable, you know. And they got a lot of concerts, you know, like that uh, up there. Uh, they got the uh, the ballet in Saratoga, uh, some of the best. I've never been to it, but. Uh, they've told me it's some of the best uh, dancers and performers in the world that are there from all over the world, actually. You know, so that, that's all part of the community. And then the restaurants and the food and, you know, they've got everything. They've got the Anirondack Mo- Mountains, Lake George is there. And every racetrack has something around it, you know, to where you can go. So it makes a great, you know, three or four day, um, you know, mini vacation for you. So what I'm saying is, is the equestrian industry has realized the value and the significance of the audience, of the fans, of the patrons. And I'll be honest with you, there's been a lot of years that, you know, the tracks really didn't do what they should do for the patrons. You know, they didn't uh, uh, do much for them. But now, you know, like the Derby Festival is 10 days long. Uh, it's a seven day, uh, long, uh, Prickness, uh, festival. Uh, the Belmont Stakes, you know, has five, has five days of unbelievable, you know, uh, things to do there at, in New York. Saratoga's 30, you know, 30 days plus, uh, you know, of things that are going on in Saratoga. And, and um, you know, everywhere you go, they've got something, you know, that are there and i tell you like another tradition that, that people don't realize and you can go see it uh, you can do it on your vacation every year uh down in, in virginia uh, in in richmond virginia uh they they have their racetrack there what they do is they got a tradition is they burn off the turf course uh they they go out and they they burn they burn off the turf course and uh it's amazing to see um, they, they put a chemical on it, then they light it and it burns the race course off. And what it does is it draws nutrients and makes the, the turf there a lot better. Uh, it makes it a healthier turf. And, you know, it's just unbelievable to see, you know, things like that, that these different racetracks do to, to, uh, you know, give them a good product. And then the grass is really beautiful after that, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just unbelievable. And so, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the equestrian industry is really good. I tell you what, in the Kentucky Horse Park, um every year, uh, the week before Derby, uh, they've got good polo there, you know, at the week uh, before the Derby um, at, uh, in Kentucky and Lexington. But what's even more uh, amazing is they have the three-day Rolex. And the three-day Rolex at the Kentucky Horse Park is awesome. Uh, if you got a trailer, uh, you know, call now and get get your trailer reservations in for the last week of April. Uh, they've got a great uh, RV park there. Um, they've got all the amenities that you can can want there. They got a swimming pool, laundry. Uh, they got everything you know there for. Them, but three day Rolex, and what I like about that is, is you can get a headset, and uh, at, up at the office there, uh, at at the uh, at the store, the little tax shop they have there. And you rent them and you walk around the, the park and it's got information, you know, like if you're standing in front of the dressage arena, it'll, uh, you know, they got a recording says you're at the dressage arena. The competition starts at one o'clock, you know, and it'll tell you four or five of the riders to be watching out for, you know, and that's great. You might go over to the grand, uh, go over to the uh, grand prix arena. And it's going to tell you, you know, who's coming up in the next jump off and, you know, uh, how many riders there are. And, you know, it just tells you everything about the park, you know, and it's really well worth that, you know, to go get that. But these are the things that they're trying to do in the horse industry, you know, and it's really working out really good uh, for everything that they do. So, you know, that that's what, that what's, what we're trying to say is, you know, go out and see some equestrian events and, you know, uh, take the family and make make a trip out of it and, and you don't have to just go for like just the races or just the shows you can go to that community and see what all is around in that community and i mean it is it's just unbelievable the things that you can see and do there so that that's what we're suggesting that you do and, and we're doing that because now we're telling you now because You need to prepare for it, the summer months are coming up, and you can get your reservations, and, you know, you can Google any of the tracks, any of the parks. Uh, You know, every state has a horse park, and you can Google that from whatever state you're in, and you can see what all they're offering, and it's it's really good to see. And, uh, you know, especially like when you come to Wellington, let me tell you, you wouldn't be surprised who you see sitting in the stands next to you up there. We got, um, Bo Derrick and her mom. They show horses. Bruce Briggs, his daughter is one of the best riders in the world. You know, you'll see people like him there. Uh, you'll see baseball players, uh, that type of thing. Like here at, uh, Sunshine Meadows. Uh, Sam Bowie is out here all the time at, at Sunshine Meadows and he owns a bunch of standard bred horses and, and we see a lot of basketball players. We got, uh, uh we got some of the, um, uh, hockey players that, 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 uh, come out here, they own horses and they're here. Uh, you know, we got all kinds of people. Uh, we had Michelle Pfeiffer was out here. Her, uh, her brother-in-law trained, uh, horses out here. Uh, so, you know, it's amazing who you see. You know what I like about it is when you see them out like at Wellington or you see them here at Sunshine Meadows or over at, down, out over at, uh, Palm Beach Downs, they're just people. They're just regular people. You know, we bump into them all the time out here at, uh, at Publix when we're going, going to the grocery stores and, you know, when you're going out and, and doing things and, and you'd be surprised how many, uh, famous people shop at Walmart. <laughs> you know, the, the, they, they go there. So, but you know, the horse industry is really unique and different and, and, uh, you know, you can get up and close and personal, you know, with all these people. And then remember, just keep it civil, you know, just, uh, don't be out on them for autographs and, you know, things of that nature or selfies. You know, just uh, be a part of the, uh, you know, the general public, you know, with them. So now that we've talked about uh, all that good stuff, uh, the Haskell at Mammoth Park for 2024, their calendar is unbelievable uh, this year. Um, led by the grade one uh, million dollar Haskell stakes, Mammoth Park is set to offer $8.5 million in stakes races when the track uh, kicks off its 79th season on Saturday, May 11th. Um, this year's meet, which runs through September 15th, will feature 48 total stakes, uh, including 10 graded stakes event and 11 stakes restricted to New Jersey breads. And that's really good because the Jersey breads getting their own a uh, little spot, uh, spotlight, you know, on them, uh, which those races are restricted to Jersey Brad's only. And the purse money is really good. It's a lot better than it's ever been there for them. Monmouth Park is a great place to go to. Again, we're talking about, um, uh, you know, uh, tradition uh, that they have, which is the Haskell. Yeah, it's a good summer meet. It's uh, just a few miles from the ocean. Uh, great malls, great hotels, great everything around there. Easy to get to the city from there, uh, in New York and, uh, on the trains and, and also, and you know, Mammoth is a good place to go to. A lot of good things that are, that are there. Uh, the Haskell Day program will once again feature a total of six stakes races. The $600,000 United Nations, the $500,000 Molly Pritchett, the $400,000 Mammoth Cup, the $300,000 uh, one star matchmaker and the $100,000 Wolf Hill. It's a lot of money on one day. It's in some of the best trainers and best jockeys and best horses in the country there. In, pre- in preparation for the July 20th Haskell program, Mammoth will offer Haskell preview day with four stakes events on Saturday, June 15th. The Pegasus Grade 3, the Mammoth grade, th- uh, grade 3, the Mammoth Grade 3, uh, Salvatore Mile, the Grade 3 Eatontown, each carrying a purse of $150,000. The 22nd uh, Annual New Jersey Thoroughbred Festival with three stakes events will be uh, renewed August 25th with the $125,000 Charles Hess the Third Handicap, headlining the card. So see, every day what they're doing is they're coming out and they are giving the uh, the, the, pay, the fans and the patrons... You know, something to come and see. It's an all-day thing. You can plan. Uh, you know, it's something to, uh, good to look forward to. And they got all kinds of things there. at Mammoth, Mamas is a beautiful track uh, there that they have. Uh, it, it's just un, unreal. Uh, they got nice uh, picnic tables out there. They got face painting for the kids, and you can see little ponies. And you know, they got a lot of things. It's really great for you know for the um, you know for the fans that go to it. Um then we have uh coming up uh here the Pegasus uh World Cup Invitational Stakes. Uh it's a Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach, Florida. Um, it, it inaugurated in 2017, Thoroughbred's uh Flat Racing, uh the Pegasus uh World dot com if you need more information. Uh the distance is a mile and an eighth. Uh it's on the dirt. Left-handed turns, four-year-olds and up. They're carrying 124 pounds with allowances for the bug riders, and it's a three million dollar purse. And I'm telling you what, it's, it's nice. We got some good, we got some good, good horses that have been invited, uh, you know, to, uh, um, and enjoy this day. It's gonna be great. Um, the speed record, uh, for, uh, The Pegasus World Cup is 146.8. Arrogant set that in 2017. Most wins. This is interesting. Most wins. No horse has ever won the race twice. Interesting, isn't it? They've been invited back, but they've never won it twice. It just shows the equality that's there. Uh, The most wins by a jockey is two. I ran Ortiz in 2020. In 2022, most wins by a trainer um, is Bob Baffert. In 2017 and 2020, it's just amazing, you know, what they have done there. Um, you know, I'm telling you, when you take a look at this uh, this thing, you see horses that, that have been there, like Art Collector, Life Is Good, Nick's Goal, Lucio Augusto, City of Lights, Gunrunner, and Arrogant. Arrogant's one of the fastest horses to ever run anywhere and um you know i tell you it's just amazing on what they what they can do there so that's that's the pegasus uh, that's coming up um here in hollandale beach florida in gulf stream uh it's coming up here in another uh two weeks so that's something that you can go down and see you can enjoy miami you can enjoy the beach uh you can enjoy everything that they have and then um if you want to get a horse to the Pegasus World Cup Invitational, you need to attend the uh, 2024 sale dates at uh, Ocala Breeder Sales. Uh, we've got a, a winter mix sale uh, coming in, and horses of racing age coming up here uh, January 23rd and 24th. Uh, the under tax sale is on January 26th or 22nd. That's Monday, 9 a.m. Uh, so you can go see that and. Uh, What I like about it is you'll be able to you watch that live on uh, intv.org on Last Call. You'll be able to watch that. Uh, And you see a lot of the horses that are, um, you know, getting ready to go to the races, and and especially the horses racing age. And what I like about OBS is it's a great place that you can go to. Um, If you go to um, OBS, uh, you can grab your catalog when you walk in, and you can – uh, go to the sales, and you can walk right up to the sales ring, and you can look at them and watch them walk around and go into the sales circle and, and then kind of guess how much you're going to sell for. And that's what all, that's what always is, is good to do. Uh, you get the catalog, and you kind of look at it, and you don't have to know a lot about the horses, but it's kind of fun, you know, just to, uh, you know, say, oh, well, I think this horse is going to sell for 10000 you know, and uh, he sells for 30000 you know, or you say this horse might sell for 100,000, sells for a million. You see some of the uh, richest uh, uh, people in the world buying horses there. And in a, in a, a million-dollar range is not just, a uh, you know, a here and there thing. A million-dollar range, you might see five or six of them in that sale go for a million or more. You know, it's really interesting to see. And that's the um, OBS sales, winter mix sales. Horses of racing age January 23rd and 24th, uh, the horse uh, racing age under Cat is January 22nd, uh, Monday at 9 a.m., and they go out and they all breathe three-eighths of a mile. So, you know, it's a, it's a good long morning, you know, to go out. Um, they got great food there. Uh, you know, it's a good morning just to go out and relax and enjoy the Florida sunshine and, and just, you know, really make a day of it. You know, you, you can do that. They got all kinds of information there on the horses that, that you can read. So that, that's really good. Now we're gonna get into some stuff that we've been talking about here for a long time, and the documentary how how they get there. The 2024 Kentucky Derby is, is now in progress. Uh, we're following uh, a couple of trainers. We're following a couple of owners. And we're following all the horses on how they get there in the 2024 Kentucky Derby. And it's really interesting because, uh, it's quite a process that we have to go through in the horse business to get a horse to the Derby. Uh, first of all, you gotta have, have a horse that has talent. You gotta have a horse that's got the breeding and you gotta have a horse that's really an athlete. Uh, that, that's the main thing. And so once you start figuring out, Uh, After you get the horse broke and get him into training and, you know, you start planning out everything that you want to do, you know, you kind of go from there. And usually the owner will meet with his trainer and say, okay, uh, you know, uh, let's say Todd Fletcher, for example, you know, or Bob Baffert uh, said, okay, how are we going to get this horse to the derby? And so the trainer kind of looks at the horse, he goes, by the way, the horse is training and you know, uh all the information that he has on the horse, you know, to see if this horse can actually make it, you know, uh a run for the Derby. And so once they decide that, uh the trainer sits down and tells the owner, okay, here's the races that we're gonna go to. And with the Kentucky Derby, they it's a point system. You gotta qualify, you know, for the different races, uh, you know, for the Derby by running different races and you got a point system. And and the more points you have, uh, the better off you are because the top 20 horses with the most points, uh, get to enter into the Kentucky Derby. So that, you know, that's what we're looking at. And they got quite a few races that are coming up here, uh, for, for, uh, the Derby that are coming up, uh, that are the, the, Kentucky Derby prep races. And if you go to the website, IENTV.org, you can go down, and scroll down to, uh, uh, the how they get there segment uh you know on our website and um it it'll tell you everything that you need to know about how they get to the derby. Uh we've got uh we got the uh talk with the owners, uh we talk with the jockeys, uh you see how horses are transported, you see the blacksmith, how you see what they eat, uh you see about the equine sales that uh, that are offered uh and then we've got uh, the derby preparations. And so uh, you kind of see what all the owner and the trainer has to go through. They got to plan all this out. It's something you just can't say, oh, well, you know, we're going to run this race, you know, this weekend. And, you know, you got to plan it out so you can get your, your training, you know, built up so that you can point your horse towards the derby. And so, um, uh, on, on the derby prep races we have, and you're going to have to forgive me for this because I know this is a French word, but it's a locomotive uh at the fairgrounds on the twentieth. That's Saturday. Um up here at the Fairgrounds. If you go to that section on the prep races, you can click on fairgrounds.com and uh, you can watch watch it live. There's two two ways you can watch this live on my site. It's American's Day at the races that are on now live. Or you can watch it, you know, through the fairgrounds, you know, system. Um so that that's on the twentieth. Then a week later, the twenty seventh, uh, they have the Southwest Stakes uh, on the 3rd of February, uh, the Holy Bull states from Gulfstream. Uh, they have uh, on the 3rd again the Withers at uh, uh, Aqueduct Racetrack, and the 3rd also the Robert Lewis uh, from Santa Anita. You can watch all those derby prep races right there, and you can see who's getting the points. Now what we've been talking about, you know, like I said, you got all these things that are going into training and you hope it's a smooth run all the way because you don't want to miss any training. You don't want to miss any races. You don't want to miss anything. And like we were saying, you know, you're pointing the horse towards the Derby. Well, this weather has really got a lot of trainers, you know, scrambling to see where they're going to go. For example, Oakland uh, it's not permitted to use any antifreeze agents, even salt, on their track when the temperatures get below 32. So, in other words, they're going to have a frozen track. They're going to have a frozen track at Oakland, And you can't train on a frozen track because, it, you know, it'll bruise your horse's feet up real quick. So now that's one of the things that uh, the, uh, uh, you know, owners and trainers are trying to figure out. You know they got their whole stable at at Oakland. They just can't pick up and leave and go anywhere. Uh, you know because you know they're they're they they're dedicated to their training schedule. So now they got to start making adjustments. You know and and they got to evaluate how 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 much is this going to take out of my horse while he's training. Uh, you know what can we do? What you know can we still run the same races? You know the prep races that we want to want to run. Run well. You know, for, uh, it's tough. You know, that's at Oakland. Okay. Then we got horses that are up at Turfway in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, they canceled the Turfway, canceled their racing the 19th and 20th. So, you know, they're not going to be training. So, you know, you got a couple setbacks right there and there's some derby, potential derby horses there at Turfway. Oakland. Oakland has canceled their racing 19th uh, through the 21st. You know, so so now what are they gonna do? You know, uh, they got they got you know some good races coming up. So now, you know, you're sitting there thinking like, oh man, how, can it get any worse? Well, yeah, it can get worse. <laughs> you know, winter weather forces numerous cancellations, January seventeenth. So you know, we're sitting here looking at um, uh, Hollywood Casino at Church at, at Charlestown uh you know their races are gone uh mahana valley uh hollywood gaming uh they're gone uh parks racing penn national uh, you know turfway uh again, oakland again, you know you're sitting there so these these horses aren't training if they're canceling races, you're not training in the morning and that and that's really that's really you know bad you know you're talking about cold weather and some bad bad things that are going on. Uh, racing was canceled at Sam Houston park and parks due to inclement weather conditions and safety for all Sam Houston closed the simulcast way during Monday as well. And that's unusual when you see, when you see that, you know, uh, they're starting to, uh, uh, do that in Houston. A hard freeze warning uh, was called for for Tuesday, uh, uh, last week in the mid twenties, you know, so, you know, what do you, now, what do you do? So you got a good portion of the horses that can't train that are leading up to the derby. So what does that leave you? That leaves you with Kentucky and California. Kentucky and California. Now, remember, a lot of these tracks aren't allowed to use, like, salt on the track to keep the tracks, uh, you know, uh, thawed out uh, or any kind of, you know, chemical agents in there because, uh, it's detrimental to the horses, uh, you know, feet and their legs, you know, that type of thing. So now you got all these trainers thinking, what are we gonna do? You know, where are we gonna run? Let's look at the races that we've got coming up at those tracks and see uh what about derby points. Okay, we'll take for example, um, the, the Southwest that was coming up uh, for the twenty seventh at Oakland has been moved to February third. As Oakland navigates the weather situation, so you know uh you know you're looking at some tough things here, you know training wise and uh, you know that type of thing this um, this is all going to improve you know for for the derby because you've got to adjust your training schedule your your work schedule uh you know if you were going to be running on uh you know the twenty seventh uh you know uh, of the month. In Oakland, you gotta reach, you gotta reschedule, you know, your work dates, uh, for your horses and, and all. And, and then, and that's kind of like a, a domino effect. Uh, you know, once you st- start with like, say the Southwest on the 27th, it's like dominoes. You gotta start moving everything forward. And that, that could run into the other races that you have scheduled for, you know, your horses, you know, to be doing the prep for. And I'm telling you, it's, it's gonna be tough on these guys. It, you know, you might have a good horse, but if you get him out of his, out of his, uh, you know, work schedule, uh, horses are creatures of habit. They're used to doing the same thing day in and day out, and the same works week in and week out. You know, you just can't just stop and say, "Oh, well, I'm going to work in and then run." Oh, you you can't do that. And so this is going to be interesting because um the thing that the, you're looking at are the Derby points. Um, For 2024, there are several changes in the road to the Kentucky Derby. In 2023, the road to the Kentucky Derby, there were 37 races with 22 races uh, for the Kentucky Derby prep season and 15 of those races for the Kentucky uh, Derby championship season. In 2024, the following changes were introduced. Second place points in all qualifying races have been, been increased to added uh, separation from second and third place. Uh, third and fourth place points in the races that award, that award 100 points to the winner will have been decreased from 100 to 40 to 30, uh, 20 to 10, uh, 100 to 50 to 225 to 15 to 10. So basically what they're saying, they readjusted the this, this scoring for everything. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the grade three street sense stakes will be held October 29th at Churchill Downs and has been added to the entry prep season. So, so that's, you know, already been run. The grade three sham stakes was introduced originally in a list of events, but Santa Anita did not schedule the event in 2024. So that, you know, that's a race that was taken away. Again, if you're training the, for that, then, you know, you, you've got to, uh, you know, make adjustments. Um, Santa Anita also decreased the distance of the Robert B. Lewis stage from a mile and a sixteenth to one mile. So that's another thing that you gotta, you know, a, a trainer and, and owner have to adjust to. Uh, the El Camino Royal uh, Derby, uh, has been, uh, uh, removed from the early prep season. So there's another stage race that you were counting on, you know, that you gotta, you know, you're not gonna be able to get points for the Derby. And for the Sunland Derby at Sunland Park, the qualification points have been decreased from 50, 20, 15, 10, and 5 to 20, 10, 6, 4, and 2. So now, you know, if you were looking for, uh, the Sunland Derby, you know, to boost you up there, you know, you're going from fifty points down to twenty. You know, and you gotta sit down and make yourself, you know, and say, Hey, you know, we were counting on those fifty points. Now what are we gonna have to do and where are we gonna have to go, you know, to replace those fifty points. So, you know, that's that's a tough tough road to go there, you know, that, that you're looking at. So now we're we're sitting up here with the fairgrounds uh on Saturday. Uh, you know, we're looking at a $200,000 purse. Uh, you know, that's a good derby prep. It's a mile and a sixteen. and It usually draws a full field and it's, you know, it's a good, good place to go. And then, like I said, they move the southwest from January 20, 27th to February 3rd. Now, that's not so bad, uh, because uh, you can get right in line and, and still. Do what you need to do. You know, a couple of days is not going to really hurt you that much. Uh, you know, but yet it's, uh, you know, it's a mental thing for the trainer and for the owner. So now on the February 3rd, you got the Southwest Stakes at Oakland. You got the Holy Bull at Gulfstream. You got Burby Lewis at Santa Anita. You got the Wither Stakes at Aqueduct. You know, so now, you know, you got, you got uh, a lot of the horses racing on that weekend, and you got a good majority of those horses could go into, you know, fall into the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, journey, how they get there. So now that's not too bad. That gets you, like, on an even keel with the lotto, and and then you just kind of, you know, take it from there. Um, then seven days later, you're looking at the Sam Davis, a mile on the 16th at Tampa Bay Downs, Then you're looking at uh, the Sunland Derby. Uh, It's a $500,000 race, but you lost all those points. And then you're looking at the John Battaglia on March 2nd, uh, you know, uh, at Turfway Park. And then you got to think, you know, well, what's the weather like up there? You know, am I going to go up and run? You know, what's the weather going to be like there? And, And let me tell you something, this 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 twenty twenty four Kentucky Derby, the weather's gonna play an awful factor, awful big factor in this derby. It's gonna be an unbelievable derby this year. Because I think what's happening, um, you know, with the weather and, and the training and the way the ra- and the races are structured, you're gonna have twenty pretty doggone good horses there this year, more so than the past. There's not really an outstanding, you know, superstar so far this year. Uh, you know, and we're going to wait and see what these, um, you know, what these races come out and and how they do. And remember, you got to take into consideration the weather and the location that they're at, you know, if you get a bunch of freezing weather and everything, it's going to be tough on them horses, you know, and then then you got all the, the heat in Santa Anita and here in Florida and Tampa and Gulfstream, that's going to make a big difference. And let me tell you, I, I've, I've gone to Kentucky a lot of times out out of Florida. Here, you know, we go up for the Kentucky Derby, and, and uh, we ship up to Keeneland and, and train. Keeneland's a good place to train, you know. Right when you ship up, a good a good landing spot for them to get acclimated to the Kentucky weather. Hey, I've been at Keeneland when it snowed in April, when it was cold and snowed in April. You know, I've been up there when it's rained. The rain was relentless. Up there, you know, and same thing at Churchill over the last few years. We've had days up there that, that it rained. And I remember one year, oh, this is back in the early 2000s, I forget what year it was, but we had so much rain derby week, and it was raining on derby day, they thought they were going to have to cancel the derby for the first time. The mud was literally washing off the track, the dirt, it was nothing but mud. You know, and, and, uh, thank God for the good racetrack crew there at Churchill. Uh, they kept it, they kept it up and going. But, you know, again, we had to train on that track, uh, for quite a few days, you know, in the mud, you know, and it, it was a tough, tough thing to do. But, you know, with the races that are coming up, you know, we're looking at Fairgrounds, Oakland, Gulfstream, San Santa Anita, Aqueduct, Tampa, Sunland, and Turfway. And usually, you know, in the month of February, the, the weather conditions aren't, you know, that great there. You know, and then we get on into, uh, you know, in February and March, you know, and you're looking at uh, the fairgrounds, Oakland, uh, Stream, Aqueduct, San Anita, and Tampa, same, same tracks. But, you know, uh, you've been training on them, but, you know, how good is it? Does your horse get anything out of that race? You know, so it's going to be interesting to see. But the real test comes up for, uh, you know, how they get there. And the Kentucky Derby 2024 is coming up in March. March and April. You you usually go in and see what kind of horse you got. And you know for the real deal then, if you're going to run in the Derby, is when you get ready to run. And you go to the Tampa Bay Derby. March 9th. That starts it all off right there. Uh, that's the Tampa Bay Derby. Unbelievable. You're gonna have to have a tough one for that one. A lot of Derby winners have come out of there. Then, then you go to the fairgrounds on March 23rd for the Louisiana Derby. It's a million dollar purse. Uh, $700,000 for the Jeff Ruby at Turfway. And then UAE Derby. Is it made in and, and might have, might have a good horse come out of there this year. You might see a few, few, uh, American bred horses that it made in, uh, you know, and see what they can do over at the UAE Derby. And that's March 30th. And then the, the, the all big ones, it has a lot of, uh, Derby horses come out of this one, the Florida Derby at Gulfstream March 30th. It's a million dollar race. Uh, it's a grade one. And let me tell you, it's always a tough race to win. It's a tough race to win. Then you got the Arkansas Derby, and this is unusual because it's a, it's a, a million five hundred thousand on March, March the thirtieth. And I tell you what, if I got a horse that could win that Arkansas Derby and a million and a half dollars, and everything, that kind of makes you think. Well, you know, hey. Do we take the million and a half or do we go to the derby and run, you know, way back? Uh, you know, that, that tells you a lot. You see a real good horse come in there. That's going to be the true test for a horse going to the derby it would be the, uh, uh, you know, the Louisiana derby, the Florida derby or the Arkansas derby. And then a race that uh, usually it's April 6th. It's pretty much too close to the derby. You know, to come out of the bluegrass and go to to the derby. Not many horses do that. How many of them come out at it good? But it's a mile and an eighth. It's a million-dollar purse at Keeneland on April the 6th. And then the Santa Anita Derby, it's had its share of people come east. Uh It's one hundred seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars at Santa Anita on April the 6th. And then the Wood Memorial, Uh you know, that's an aqueduct It's April the 6th. Uh, $750,000 purse. So, you know, that, that says a lot right there for your horse. If you can, uh, really get into it, you really get into it. Um, the European, uh, route to the Derby, um, I tell you, it, it, not many people, not many horses come out of that. Uh, they've got, uh, March 1st is their, uh, is the, um, uh, Stakes at it, it Dundalk, uh, you know, Kempton Park in March 13th, and then Chesterford City is March 30th. So, well, I butcher those names up, man. I'm a tough old boy. i tell you what. Uh, but, no, you know, it's all about, you know, what you do and how you do it. And it's a long road to get there. Uh, the journey, you know, is a tough road. I've been down that journey many times with horses and, and people that I've worked for. And, uh, you know, it, it's always, uh, it, it's good to keep the dream alive. And the, the tough part about it is, is that at any given time and point, you know, you can get off that road to the Derby. And and that's, that's like a punch in the gut, you know, when you realize that uh, you're not going to be able to uh, run in the Derby. Uh, that, that's really tough uh when that happens. And you know, you you might realize you just don't have the horse that can that can do it. Uh, you know, at one time a point, you know, you thought he could do it, and the owners did, the trainers did. You know, you start doing that and you know, that thing. And then I tell you the, the biggest uh thing that affected me in the in the horse business was in nineteen eighty two. In nineteen eighty two um we had a uh, two horses, actually three horses. We had a horse called Cabildo Lake. We had a horse called Liscopane. And we had uh, a horse called El Baba. And we had campaigned El Baba on, on the way to the Derby and, and Dewey Smith was the trainer and Mrs. Joseph W. Brown was the, uh, was the, uh, owner. And, you know, it, it was textbook it was textbook. We went, you know, we did, and Dewey had been in, in business a long time. Mrs. Brown had been in a long time. And so on that journey to Churchill, I was so excited. As a two-year-old, they they came around good. Uh, we started realizing, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, we had something special here. And back then, you didn't have to have points to the Derby. You just had to have money, money earnings and you know, a good horse. And so we're on that journey and we're in Arkansas and, uh, we're in Louisiana. We went to Louisiana Derby with Alabama, uh, Cabildo Lake. She had won a couple of stakes race. Lyska was coming along good. He's a real young two year old and real tall and and thin, you know, we didn't know what was going on. So, uh, we get up to Kentucky and the horses are training good and and everything. And, uh, we come out and, and Dewey says, okay, uh, Here's what we're going to do with Cabildo Lake. This is when she's running. You know, we got a good shot at this race. And then here's Liskapay. We're going to run him in the Kentucky Derby trial. And the Kentucky Derby trial back then was a week before the Kentucky Derby. And a lot of trainers in the past had used the Kentucky Derby trial as a, as a um, final workout for the horse. It was a mile uh, out of the chute. It was a one, it's a one turn deal. And a lot of trainers had done that. And in 1982, we had like three of the Derby, you know, horses. Uh, top Derby horses were going to run in the Derby Trial, and we had Al Baba had already run, and we were just going to bring him into the Derby, you know, off his training. And we actually went into the Derby as the co-favorite. So I was all excited about that every day, every day, coming to the barn. There were people taking pictures, news crews, uh, everything, you know, just all El Baba, El Baba, El Baba. Well, the Saturday before the Derby there in 82, we got Lyscapade running in the Derby trial. And there's three horses out that are the top five rated for that Derby that year running in the Derby trial. And I'm telling you, it was exciting. Uh, you know, they had a hundred thousand people there that Saturday, Derby Week had started and you know, it was just exciting for me. I was a young guy and you know, I, I just was good and and so taking uh Lyscapade over to the over to the um uh paddock to get saddled, um the the ABC sports crew said, What's the name of your horse? And I said, He's the winner. And they said, no, what's the name of your horse? And I said, well, it's Lyscapade. And so they just kind of laughed at me because, uh, you know, he never got any attention, none whatsoever. And so we take him over, get him saddled, take him out, get him loaded up in the gate, and they're off. Going a mile, a flat mile, one turn. So all of a sudden they're talking about all these other horses, you know, that that are in there, Royal Roberto, Linkage, you know, all these, these other horses that are, that are going to be running in the Derby and, you know, they, they were all over it. And Liscapade never got a call at any of the posts. And I said, man, oh man, I was thinking, where in the heck is he at? So the track announcer, uh, right, right as they're getting close to the finish line, the track, the track announcer says, on the, on the rail, it's all Liscapade in front. And he wins the thing. And I mean, it just shook everybody. The quiet, the crowd got quiet. He, he went off at 52 to one and paid 115.40 for a $2 ticket. And I mean, he just really upset the whole apple cart man. You know, and so man, I, I was all excited, you know, and the press and everything. The next day we were there and they were watching Al Baba. Long story short, Al Baba gets into the derby. He's running, uh, Running good, brakes good. He's on top, you know, he's leading the way. And, you know, we're looking like, you know, hey, he's been working with Liscopade. If he could come up the rail like Liscopade did, he, we got this same one. You know, and it was so exciting to do that. But in that race, there was a horse called Koopa Koi's Joy. She was a Philly and she was running with us the whole way. And I'm not using this as an excuse. It's just horse racing. Uh, when she started backing up and tired out, you know, racing against all those colts, she banged into Al Bob and threw him off stride. But he got his feet back underneath him and tried to, you know, make it back up, uh, you know. And the, the better horses won, and that's what happened. The best horses win a race, and that's when I learned that when whenever you whenever you um, uh, win, uh, you say uh, whenever you lose, you say very little. When you win, you say even less. And so the very next day, you know, there was no cameras, there was no TV crews, there was nobody. That was the biggest high and low that I ever had in a 24-hour period in my life. You know, but it's something that's all exciting. It's called How You Get There, the 2024 Kentucky Derby. Keep going to the website, intv.org, and see what all you ha- what all we have there, you know, what, what's going on. You can see live racing tapes, you know, tapes, uh, of past races like I said the derby preparations coming up this week uh, they're all on the, all on dot and just you know take a visit and see what you can but the most important thing is is google horses google horses for your area that you live in and it will tell you all the horses that are around the training facilities the farms everything and all the farms usually give tours just Google it and see what it, what all's there. You know, make it a family outing. Take a two or three day, you know, weekend. Go out and see them. And, you know, enjoy, you know, the family life and the farm life and the equine life. Well, that's it for me for uh, today. I'm working on getting me a girlfriend for the Kentucky Derby. And I might have one. And that's got me all wound up. And she told me if she'd be my girlfriend depending on how many derby tickets i can get her so now that's what i'm working on that's on my how we get to the kentucky derby with a girlfriend well folks have a great weekend have a blessed weekend and be safe stay warm and remember find an equine facility to go to this is scott miller at the international equine report